Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And if you really want to mindfuck on this one, we'd gone to the same synagogue and her mom was my and my brother's fifth grade teacher. Wow. Wow. That's so, cool. You, you ever really want a scary dating scenario? Walk in to pick her up, and it's five women around a maj table, all of whom were your teacher or knew you when you were between the age of six and 13. I, I've, been, I've, I've walked in to pick up women, and their dads were cleaning shotguns. Five women around a maj table who knew me as an adolescent, scarier than a shotgun. Welcome to Divorce Party. I'm Monica Casey here with Tom Arnold. We're very excited about our guest today. He is a business attorney and a divorce coach for men. Please welcome to the show, Lauren Casuto. Hello. Hello, hello. How's it going? Ready, willing, and able. Great. I love it. Tom should be here any second. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I want to talk about how a Divorce Party alum, Sean Polofsky, referred us to you. How do you know Sean? Sean is one of the best friends of my wife, actually. That's amazing. Were you there for the Divorce Party celebration? I was not. I had a uh, screaming bur- I had a screaming baby to deal with, but oh. uh, I was there in spirit and thankfully without the hangover. Oh, right. I mean, I've never been there. It looks like a good time was had by all. I think New Orleans, you really, you have to legitimately try to not have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that they had matching t-shirts, the whole shebang. Oh my gosh. That's great. Okay. Here comes Tom. Hey, Tom. How are you? How's it going today? Oh, hectic. Uh, Kids have play dates here. Uh, last it'd be the third week without school. Tried to get by sunset all of his shit up on here. The I had to figure out a way to get on my own desktop, but it's all good. It's all good. Well, Lauren is a new dad. Is this your first baby? First, yeah. How old's your baby? Uh, 
couple of about two months or so. She was born premature, so we're not sure like is she technically three months when she was born, or is she like less than a month when she was supposed to be born? Well, you got to go with the, birth, the the when she was born. I mean, you and can figure it out. Three months. You're you in can, it. I think in Japan they they did. Well, maybe it's Korea. Uh, they you your first year of life didn't count or something. People are a year younger, which I I'm all for I that. Love it. I'm all for that. I forget how it goes. Like I, I but it's a good thing. Well, congratulations. Thank I'm you. sure that you're uh, uh, involved with every aspect of that uh, with the baby. Uh, my advice is do it all. Change every diaper. Do every feeding that you can because it's money in the bank for when they get older. My kids are 10 and 7. Uh, I'm sure Monica agrees. You know, it seems like stuff. When I first, uh, uh, you know, uh, when... Actually, I got when I got divorced from the uh, the mother many years ago. Many, uh, my lawyer said, "What do you want?" I said, "Well, I, I want at least fifty percent custody." He's like, "No, no, wait till they're like seven or eight and they're fun." And I was, I said, "I don't know where I'll be with their seven or eight. I'm going to do that now." So you can. It is a difference. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger told me his first baby, his daughter. He would go in and change the diaper. Maria and everybody push him out of the way. We got this. We got this. And uh, so he did. He backed up. And then uh, uh, he feels that, that he, he would be closer to his daughter. Because his second daughter, he did everything. And uh, he, he, he warned me. He said, hey, get in there and do all that stuff. So yeah. anyway, congratulations. It's the best thing. It's, it's Thank hard. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely in the I'm in the weeds with all of it. I, my wife would not tolerate me stepping off to the side in yeah. any way. So, right. Yeah. So we got connected to Lauren from our divorce party alum, Sean Polofsky, the one the Brazil that was married to the Brazilian. Oh yes. And oh. Lauren's wife is very close friends with Sean, so she okay us his direction. And so yeah, tell us about so your a business attorney, but you're also a divorce coach for men. Yes. So uh, I started uh, from Ashes Coaching, which is the, uh, which is what it is. I started about a year ago. I've uh, been slowly building up clients and whatnot. And the main reason and the the purpose of doing so is divorce is hard to go through, and there's not a lot of resources for guys out there. There's, I've, I've listened to your show. You've had a few guys on who are podcasters devoted to divorce but it's mostly as a father figure and there's none if really out there for guys as themselves going through whatever part of it it is and also for guys it's there's a bit of a stigma when you when you say you're a divorced guys uh, you often get looked at what did you do wrong during oh, yeah. the process what did so, you do what did you do yeah it and doesn't matter if you did nothing it to steal a line from Chris Rock I love it makes me feel like I stole my own car so and uh, since then, it's just been an opportunity to help people get through, you know, what's been basically the death of a previous life. And as the name says, from ashes, how you can build a better one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you there because uh, 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 it, people do say, uh, what do what even your best friends like? OK, what did you do? Or uh, and then they'll do that. Oh, a woman scored like that. That weird sexist thing. All her behavior is understandable. A woman scored. Well, why is she scored? I don't know. Even if there is a reason, let's say somebody cheats on somebody or somebody, whatever. Uh, uh, I think that that you got to still get through it. You know, I mean, uh, 
you will be punished. So I think it's better not to do those things. But uh, but I think you've got to get through it. You're right. Not many men uh, uh, have access to someone like you. Our our last guest was an attorney. Uh, what was her name? Um, oh, Judge Lauren Lake. Yeah, yeah, she, Lauren. She that's why I got confused. I popped her because uh, there's two Laurens in a row. That confuses an old guy. But you know, she's a, been an advocate. She's been a judge. She's done uh, uh, family law, but she's really been an advocate for a lot of fathers. Which is yeah. always good to hear because, it, as you know, we men, uh, it, it's all, you know, it's not like in the 50s where, you know, by the way, the laws were better in the 50s for men because you could, nobody could divorce you. You were in charge. It's embarrassing. It, it has to do with finance and your future and this and that. So how do you how do you help men? More or less as a coach looking at their situation from afar, you need someone you know, from an outside perspective to look into it. Hopefully you've got friends, you've got family, and a lot of time they're there just as pure support. It's not, even if you cheated, even if you did something wrong, your friends and your family will often come there and just want to be there to support you. But occasionally you need someone who's not a friend from an outside perspective. It's like, okay, yeah, you kind of screwed up. Okay, are you doing what you need to do? And making sure you don't feed into some vices, making sure you don't get into addiction or anything along those lines as well. And, you know, that's, that's just a priority in this now. And, you know, it's great to see there's so many organizations and people out there who are supporting fathers. And that's crucial since the pendulum is kind of swinging back a little more towards the middle, but it still doesn't change in this era of, you know, mental health and everyone wanting to make sure they're, they're okay. There's not a lot of support out there for guys who are just going through the, the slog of it. Yeah, I feel like it, we're slowly getting there. I mean, obviously, thanks to men like you and, um, you know, some people starting, you know, Instagrams for men about it. But I just feel like a society, yeah, it's like, I think people view the man in a divorce as like, oh, he'll be fine. He'll, you know, he'll be remarried within a year or whatever. And then, you know, who knows what kind of deal. It's terrible to do that. Oh, I'll get remarried really quick, which is what I've done. That's why I have four ex-wives. I, I immediately jumped to whatever the, the thing was. And yeah. uh, But Laura, let me ask you this. Are you able to, when you work with a client, and this is something that comes up because there's a lot of acrimony and fighting in the, in the actual divorce process and custody, whatever. And and I eventually you go, oh, the lawyers are winning all these battles. Are Are, are you in a position where you can say, hey, Let's cut the let's cut the losses. It's over. Let's move on. You may have a point. You may want to battle for uh, money, whatever, but it's going to cost you emotionally and uh, all of your money. Are you able to do that with people? Yeah, that's sort of the advantage of being at it from an outside perspective. Uh, you know, as an attorney, I actually had people wonder why I hired a divorce attorney for my own case. And there's a, a common mindset in the law that if you hire yourself as an attorney, you have both a fool and an attorney as a client. As uh, you, You're just an idiot at that point. So you do need someone to kind of look at that. And having worked in family law, having friends who are in there, you see people fighting and wasting precious money and time over the stupidest things, whether it's, you know, a dog or a fish or God knows what else. And yeah, you're right. The attorneys are the ones who win in that case. And, you know, there's things you truly want to fight over. And in my own divorce, probably what took the longest was my ex-wife was really 
fighting hard to keep family heirlooms that we had. I didn't want almost anything else that she had. I just wanted to get the hell out of there and get back to California. But, you know, you need to decide what's important, what's worth the fight. And even eventually when it's just like, okay, screw you, I'm done. I'm walking. Mm-hmm. Well, I also think it's like being your own attorney is like being your own therapist. Oh, I buy out. I'm a therapist. So I'll take care of this up here. And that just doesn't, uh, as we know, that doesn't work. Well, and I like the term coach, you know, coach probably works better for some people. It's like with the word God, it freaks people out. Like if you have to say universe or whatever it takes to make you okay with, you know, seeking that out. Some men do not like therapy or, you know, because then it insinuates that there's something wrong with them and not just men, women too. So, um, and obviously you have experience, you've been divorced. What what got you through it or how were you able to, you know, not lose your mind when you were going through your divorce? Uh, I was very lucky. So for some context, I'm a Southern California kid born and raised in San Diego, and I moved out to Wilmington, Delaware, where my wife had gotten a job. So, yeah, I moved 3000 miles away, pretty much away from everything I really knew when she got a job and she was a, a local religious leader. So it was harder for her to find a job. I followed her. So when the divorce came, I was pretty much alone. I had to stay in our home because had I left, anything that was in the home would have been considered abandonment. So that was so for about about two months, I stayed in the same home as my ex-wife, which was not good for my sanity. Did you guys do a chart like War of the Roses? Like this quadrant is yours. This is yours. No, I mean, uh, thankfully, knock on wood, I had a spare bathroom and a bedroom. It's not like I slept on the couch. Thank God for that. But, you know, a lot of times it was you know, you wake up, I really didn't cook or anything. And I love to cook. So that sucked. And I'd eat out all the time. And then I'd go to work and come back. What got me through it really were family and friends. And, you know, I had support, even if there was 3000 miles away. And that's, that's really what kind of got me through it. I had a an uncle in uh, Connecticut who I could go see from Wilmington wasn't too far. So these are all things that kept me in kept me somewhat sane in a very tense situation. And again, it kind of goes back to the beginning. What about the guys who don't have that? Or if you're in the same city or close proximity to your ex-wife or soon-to-be ex-wife and you have joint friends and all that, it becomes really difficult because there's a natural culling of who's going to be friends with your ex, who can actually stay friends with both of you. And again, that's where you need a a third party, someone from the outside who can kind of help figure that out. But it's only through that that I managed to keep my sanity in it. And I think because of nature, your wife's... uh job uh it would be even easier for people to look at you and go obviously you're the issue you know oh yeah this is a person that uh is a uh, uh, you know on high at you so it must be you i will tell you this it doesn't matter if you have a fifteen thousand square foot house if you're living in the same house it's awful you know maybe yeah. maybe different people than me but i i also felt like she wants me to leave the house so she could uh change the locks and then keep the kids like my whole thing was uh, it wasn't about the stuff you know i said she eventually moved out and i said come over and pick take anything she you know she had a movie truck pull up and the kids and i are at the kitchen table it's the first day of soccer and there there's a movie truck to pull out i wasn't even aware it was happening she comes in starts loading stuff out loading stuff out and uh and my son's like daddy she's stealing our stuff i go no no it's half hers she could have Whatever, you know, I just want this thing to be over. And then we watched him load up for a while. And then I said, son, get your iPad. Go in there and film the back of that truck. Don't see what's in there. But but I 
uh, it, you know, it's a big control thing. So what's in my case, she got her stuff out of there, uh, which is just a relief, but whatever. Uh, uh, then there was always like, she's like, I think I left some stuff there. I've got, mm. she always wanted to come over when I was out of town or yeah, there's stuff there. I bring you the, she brought the police once. She goes, he's stealing my stuff. And what ended up happening uh, besides them escorting her out of the house was it was booze. She she had to find some of the house, and she's like, that will be mine. And I don't drink, but I there was booze, you know, like, and she just hauled out this big box of booze, which to me would look terrible. But, you know, there's a lot of the control stuff. A lot People both have to surrender and move on. Well, our last week, you know, Judge Lauren Lake was saying, you know, only 1% of people probably walk away going, I got everything I wanted, you know, and since you are probably good at negotiating from being a lawyer yourself how do you feel you walked away you know what are some things you felt like were smart to let go of i think you mentioned maybe some of the you know the stuff because without kids you know people i think make general assumptions that oh it's so easy to get a divorce if you don't have kids it's not a big deal but i think it's still a big deal yeah and i mean i was lucky in that case when we lived out on the east coast there was I didn't want furniture. I didn't want to lug that stuff back to California. We didn't have, you know, we didn't own a property. As mentioned, no kids, no pets. That's easy. So a lot of it was just initially, here's all my personal effects. Here's like, here's an Xbox I like. Here's some books. Here's some pictures. Here's my clothes. I just want out of here. And most of that was fine until there was a certain point, and I don't know if it was her, I don't know if it was her sister, twin sister, that, you know, twins, good Lord. Oh, or if it was, yeah, yeah. The Lifetime way, movie. Oh God, it's more like a Lifetime horror movie, but I don't know what happened at that point, but she decided that I was responsible for everything. So she wanted to be vindictive about it. So I mentioned, you know, she had an engagement ring and a pair of earrings that were gifts to her, but they were from, my my namesake, my grandfather, the diamonds in them were 90 years old. They'd been smuggled out of Nazi Austria. And initially she said, yeah, fine, you can take it. I don't want it. And then she decided, no, because you ruined my life, I want to, you are going to pay for it. So I won't go through the whole process, but that was one of those things worth fighting for. But even then it got to the point of like, you know what? They're diamonds. You want them, keep them, throw them in the Delaware River. I couldn't care less any longer. So once that happened, you had that that impetus. But it doesn't matter. Mine was a really short divorce. There wasn't a lot to argue about. It's still a divorce. It's still the burning down of your whole life. And as Tom kind of noted, because she was a religious community leader, whatever community I built up, whatever friends I had in those three years, you know, they gave me the cold shoulder like that. So you're in a, a fairly, you know, you're in a different place, no friends, no real family. And in the same house and you got to make it work until everything gets figured out. So I don't wish that on anyone. Had you already started at like a new job there and everything like fully integrated and now you have to get yourself back to California? Yeah, uh, I worked at an ad agency where I was general counsel and, you know, they were great people. But once the divorce started getting finalized and I'd been there two years, I just said, look, here's the deal. I'm not staying in Delaware and Pennsylvania is where I worked. I'm not staying here any longer. I want out. If you want me to help finish off remotely my work, that's great. But here's the date. I'm heading out. I wish you the best. I'm really sorry. But and God willing, they were very understanding. And some jobs are more so some are less so. But yeah, the the only thing that tied me to Delaware, which is a lovely state, it's all that. But yeah, I didn't want to stay there a moment longer because my ex-wife was there. Forget that. Right. I have to say this about family heirlooms. Uh, you know, you described that rig from your 
grandfather. Uh, there are stuff. You don't want any heirlooms from the wedding, from the actual marriage pictures or the videotape or the books. Or, But uh, I bond you because one of the times my ex got into my house, she started opening up, ripping open all the cabinets, and everything is on film in my case. And I said, whoa, don't don't open that. That's my grandpa's stuff from Dachau. And she ripped it open and started pulling this stuff out, <laughs> So, which is crazy. So I, I understand. I understand that some things have a, more of an emotional attachment, uh, but it sounds like you think you went, okay, what is it really? It's diamonds. It's whatever. And uh, uh, Well, yeah. I think it's interesting, too, because we just chatted for a bit last night. You're now remarried and you have a new baby. How, what was that like to, you know, date again and then trust the process to be like, OK, I'm going to do this again? <laughs> did you wait or did you get right into the apps and all the things? I got probably back into dating and whatnot within about a month and a half or so of coming back to California. I had friends who were like, you got to get on the horse. Here's a bunch of singles group. I'm dragging you there by your ear if I have to. So I again, good friends kind of help with that. But a lot of it was sort of learning everything again. And I, one of the funny stories I love to tell my clients is I had started dating her seriously in 2010, 2009-ish. So there was like a whole period of time and lingo and stuff that I had no idea. And I had to learn really fast in 2015 that if you invite someone to Netflix and chill, it does not mean watch a movie. I had no idea about that on my first couple of dates and actually got slapped in the process for one of those because it was, uh, what does it mean? Wait, what is, what does it mean? It's like I, come over and fuck. It's just, oh just God, come over it. and hook up. It's just a code for a hookup. Well, but, but you also said you uh, dating groups. Now, did you get online? Did you do JJ? What did you do? What did you? I, I did a little bit of everything. I had friends who were part of singles groups based on interest, whether it was football or, you know, some Judaism stuff. I had every person in my congregation like, oh, I know the right person. It was a bunch of Gentiles at that point. It was like everyone knew at that point. It was like, let's. I love that they're like so yeah. open arms, like we're going to fix, like you're a catch. We're going to fix you up in no time. Yeah, but it goes back to the point of like, are there certain people you want to be set up by? And, you know, there's a, you know, my mom wanted me to set me up. It's like, I don't let my mom pick my clothes. I'm not going to let her pick my wife. <laughs> you do know what people think of you when you see who they want to set you up with. You're like, what? Oh, my gosh. Did you end up getting set up with your current wife or did you guys just meet on your own? Actually, my brother set me up. Uh, he was uh, he worked with her, and she had just moved back to Los uh, from Los Angeles to San Diego. And if you really want to mind fuck on this one, we'd gone to the same synagogue, and her mom was my and my brother's fifth grade teacher. Wow! Wow! That's so. Cool. You, you ever really want a scary dating scenario? Walk in to pick her up, and it's five women around a maj table all of whom were your teacher or knew you when you were between the age of six and 13. I, I've been, I've, I've walked in to pick up women and their dads were cleaning shotguns. Five women around a mosh table who knew me as an adolescent, scarier than a shotgun. I get that. I understand that. It's oh my God. So then how soon after your divorce did you decide, you know, I think I can really help some men out there or there's a need for this. It was probably around 2020, 2021, because initially it's just getting through it. And you'd be amazed how much scar tissue kind of builds up and where it pops up, you know, 
my ex-wife was a big fan of Thanksgiving and was her favorite holiday. And for like the first two or three Thanksgiving, I didn't even know why, but like all I wanted to do was go on top of a mountain somewhere, everyone leave me alone. But it was around 2020, 2021 that I started meeting some guys who were going through divorce and I just started giving them, you know, unfettered advice. You know, I'm a good friend. It's just like, here, here's a bunch of, here's me sprouting off wisdom. Enjoy it. And it helped some of them through it. And they recommended some people who I talked to some more. And it was actually my wife who's the one who suggested that, you know, you may have a, there may be a market for this. You may be interested. And I worked with, uh, with an employment coach and I was starting to work on me as a, as an employee and as a leader and whatnot. And then it sort of clicked like, oh, there really is a market for coaching and whatnot. And from there, from access was born and it's been going strong ever since. And what's it, the name of your company again? It's called From Ashes Coaching. Uh, leave it oh. to me to kind of come up with a slightly more dramatic name um, and creative financing available. But it depends on, you know, if you want to, to set up for like a couple of months, do we want a couple sessions? And, you know, anyone who calls and mentions that, you know, they heard me on this, I'm sure I can work something out. So it's because it's such a pleasure and an honor to be with uh, a Hollywood legend and Monica, who's been a real pleasure to talk to. Now, how long have you been, how long have you been married this time? Uh, we are two and a half years now. So actually, my last marriage was two years. So I was just glad I could get past that point. Huh. I but, but and this your first child? Or yeah, it's a, my first girl. Wow, that's amazing. Well, it's, that's uh, something else. I'm happy for you. Do you Thank feel you. from some of the men that you have spoken with and helped in the last couple of years, is there a theme of why they're getting divorces or um, any? You know, things you're just noticing about, I guess, it, relationships in general? I think it's the majority of cases I've seen, and I'm painting with a broad brush, is that there's a lot of different factors. There may be one straw that broke the camel's back. You know, someone was texting something flirty to someone else, or someone was looking at porn or something. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter what, but getting to that point required a lot of different straws before it finally broke someone's back. And... Mm -hmm. It could be predicted ahead of time. It could be stuff that's worked on, but they're really, and also I think the big thing is there's no, there's almost no case that I've seen where it's one person at fault. Right. You know, the, the joke a friend of mine told me is, you know, well, what happens if you find, you know, you come home and you find your wife filming uh, OnlyFans with some, uh, with some subscribers like, okay, granted that might be a 99% is one person's fault. The number of times I've seen that is zero. Mm -hmm. So more times than not, it's, both parties were doing something wrong. Maybe they didn't realize it. Maybe they weren't meeting each other's need. Maybe there were, you know, triggers for each other that just no one really understood. So it's it's a many party and many many situation thing that caused it. Well, I'll tell you what, though, that 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 OnlyFans thing. I'd I'd uh, as long as you put the money in the pot for the house for the life our life. Well, you know, Tom wants to be there to film it. As I know, Denise, yeah, Richards, I Denise Richards said her husband happily takes her photos for her. You no, know, going in the pot. If that's her passion, it's not that much different than being an actor. I, there is a comedian that, that I met at the improv whose wife, he discovered his wife was on there and he didn't know how to broach it. And he ended up using his credit card to pay for her time. And it was him. It's a pathetic story. Still traumatized, but you know, if if you meet someone and they say, "Okay, this is what I do. I have a, a friends only or fans only, whatever it's called. I do this, I do that. 
but I'm a good person. And, and you know, you go, okay, I know what I'm getting into here. I'm a, I can handle this thing, you know. Uh, but if it's a surprise, if you come up with a surprise, <laughs> that's really the problem. It's oh, yeah. of second life, something, you know, that, I mean, yeah. that's, you know. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned, you know, looking at porn. I'm sure it's not just looking at porn. It's probably an addiction, a heavy addiction for that, which I mean, since we're talking to, I've got two men here, like, what do you, what do we consider, you know, too much porn or are we for it, against it, thoughts? Uh, My thought is, and this is kind of something I live in general with my life and I tell my clients as well, everything in moderation, including moderation. So, you know, keep it within some reason, but, you know, guys who are going through a really bad and, you know, you got that and it's just, okay, fine. Go nuts once or twice, go enjoy yourself. But as long as it doesn't become a habit or you don't lean on it as a crutch, then go for it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. One of the first things I did after, you know, moving out of the house and I had a week where I was finishing up my work. Yeah. It's like, go to strip club, you go out a little bit. It's like, but the funny thing is once you get past that point, you're kind of left going, Okay, now what? Yeah. And that's that's where that, you know, that will become a problem if you rely on it so much in those few moments of like, okay, there's more I should be doing, but I don't know what. Well, that's also another big area. So, yeah, but I highly, I recommend people do, you know, it's like having, you don't want to drink too much. You know, there's drugs you don't ever want to do, but uh, sometimes you, 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 you have a couple drinks, you smoke some pot, you do whatever in, in, uh, reasonable moderation sometimes you get drunk and vomit and make out the stranger sometimes you got to blow it out and uh, uh so i'm all for uh I, i'm all for for doing that uh, i've is, i haven't gotten to a strip club in a long time because it's just so uh you know i have i have done it by bat when you have a bachelor party your buddies take you there it's uh it's kind of embarrassing and uh but but i once in a while if you if that's not your thing because i'm an addict a recovering addict and and uh, there's a lot of guys in my group who that is their thing. They're like, I don't drink or do drugs anymore, but I am hooking up with strippers or uh, uh, sex workers. <laughs> They're married. They're, you really got to do if you're really in. You got to be all in. Yeah. On the honest thing. So, I, but, I, what if, I was gonna say, like, what advice or you know, can you suggest for you know men who don't have the support group that you did, or even if it's like a woman listening who has a, a guy friend going through a divorce. I mean, I just, yeah, I don't know how, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, yeah, like how do you, you know, reach out to people or what did you appreciate when people would reach out to you? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Just the fact that they were there. I mean, you you don't know just how close your your friends and family are until you're really up against a wall like that. And you know, just an example, my brother and I, you know, we're very different people. We all, we haven't always had the greatest relationship, but when he went through struggles and when I went through this, there was no question we had each other's back. And I think that's a good cornerstone. But for someone who's kind of going through this, the first thing to do is reach out. And even if you don't have connections nearby, it's try to find some. There's, you know, faith is a great one in this. Religious groups just go there and try to and try to talk, try to form something like that there's other men's groups or just even doing something fun you'll you know it doesn't matter what it is doesn't matter where or how just that human contact is worth it and you know with me it was being so you know here was a community I was a part of and it was completely sliced off at that point no further communication with anyone who and a lot of people I'd become good friends with and you know there's also the fun side to that, which is I was in a religious community and now I'm not, I'm persona non grata. It's like, okay, let's, let's go have a little more fun. But that, that, that wears out very, very quickly. You're out there on the East coast and, and you're in this marriage, which obviously wasn't going great because you got divorced and that sort of isolates you there. And you know, people drop out or you drop out, you drop out from friends that you're close to you. I've done this. And, And especially at first when you're, you feel like your wife, who you really try to make it work, does is it all on board with this, these guys or those guys? You kind of condense your group to try to make everything work, and then when it blows up, you have let people down because you haven't been as in touch with people as, as you'd like to. And uh, really good friends will let you come back. You only had a two-year marriage, but you know sometimes you got to make amends to the people that uh, that you have uh, sort of abandoned. Like yeah. And I'm moving. This is my new life. I'm in this uh, super religious community, but I'm doing that. My wife is a part of, and so I've condensed my life. And then uh, you're lucky with uh, your brother. You don't have to. Always, I have four younger brothers. You don't always have to get along with your brother. But but when the shit is a fan, it is nice to know they're that uh, they're there and that you're there for them. That's sort of a band relationship. Like you don't need to this every day talking or every month or intimate stuff. But you just know that when, you know, when the going gets tough, you know. Yeah, like it's just a check-in here and there. And I'm sure for, you know, you or anyone else out there, just a simple text, like, you know, just hang in. You know, yeah. How are you doing? You want to meet up? Um, I wonder, too, I mean, obviously you both had, were financially stable enough for you to be able to move out. I mean, when you moved out, did you rent a place in Delaware before you decided to come back to California? Or Because I always wonder about sort of those logistics of like, what do you recommend for people to do, you know, eat ramen until you can, you know, afford to move? Yeah. Uh, it depends person to person. In my case, when we had finished up everything and we put a bow on the divorce, I had about a week left for to finish up my work so I could go there. So I actually stayed in a hotel for about a week, which wasn't bad. Everyone is different. The situations are different. Sometimes you got to crash on a couch of a friend if that's needed. Sometimes it's just renting a an apartment. Sometimes you have to stay. I've heard there's a bigger trend now because the economy is what it is, that some married couples are still being forced to be roommates because of it, which you know, if there's any human way just for your own sanity, get out of that house. You got to right. get out of that house. It doesn't matter Ouch. where it just just so you have a place to, to lay your head where you can 
not worry about someone being around you who you used to love who doesn't like you any longer. But it just depends case by case, person to person. I've helped ones who, you know, were forced to get out of their, you know, combination of, you know, there was no spare bedroom and just the toxicity of it to people who could rent an Airbnb for an extended period of time, which is still kind of a useful resource for long-term rentals. It's, it just varies person to person, but getting your own space of any kind is a must in this situation. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that, and I, I think, I wonder if you realize this after that uh, the, the person you're with didn't just start hating you. <laughs> That's what I realized. No, it's always oh, yeah. that way. <clears throat> you think about, they always say, hey, go back to when you loved each other, whatever. Uh, with me, I've had the luxury of being so long without jumping in. Because my thing is jump into the next thing, not jump into and that I can really take the time to go back and say, well, what was wrong with me that started this? What, where was I at in my life in 2008? Thought this would be a good idea. That has been very helpful. Um, you think that's also because you really like being in a relationship? Do you feel like that's a comfortable thing or do you feel kind of at home or taken care of? I mean, for both question for both of you. Tom? Well, I, I think that uh, I thought, I just wanted a family. I wanted kids. I mean, there's so, you know, when I finally had these these kids, I, I realized, oh, that, and that unconditional love you have with your kids, like, as you know, the minute your child's born, you're like, holy shit, you know? And if you're looking for that unconditional love from a, another person who's not your kids, you know, you won't get it because there are conditions, as there should be in, in a marriage, in a relationship. But with the kids, it's on all the time. It goes both ways. And so uh, that I had high expectations for my partners. I did always want to be in a relationship. I was engaged four times. Then I was married four times. And I have to say this, though. I I, I like not being <laughs> I like, you know, uh, and I, it makes me wonder, did I always like not being in a relationship, but yet force myself because of culture, because of, uh, you know, thinking I got to have a family. My family growing up wasn't so good. So I'm going to have this. So I don't know what it is, but I do hear a lot of people my age. And, and uh, I, they do say, and a lot of women that are friends of mine, they don't need that. They, you know, and I think generally with women, this has happened to several friends. Jim Cameron told me this one time, you know, who's been married five times and very successfully this last marriage. It's, I forget how many years to Susie, but it's just, Wonderful. And he told me, women uh, uh, act like they need you. Uh, and then one day they get uh, turned 40 or whatever, and they realize, oh, I don't need that asshole. I don't need, no, I'm not putting over any of his shit because there's nothing that I need from that guy. I've got kids or whatever I want to get. So that turns their heads, which it should go. So then if you're going to continue the marriage, you both have to work on it. It has to be common stuff to do. A, a load stuff to do, all of those things. Because when uh, it's a powerful thing for a woman that's been in something that hasn't been that good to go, okay, I, there's absolutely nothing I need from that guy <laughs> because I have, you know. And so, uh, and it's scary. I, I can't tell you how many men are like weeping. They're all cocky for 20 years. Yeah, that's what they, whatever. And then they're weeping because the, the one day the wife said, that's it. And they're just huddled. Yeah. So, you know, that's something you got to think about, too. How do you feel about it, Lauren? I think for the majority of people, they want to be in a relationship. I think there's something, not just culturally, but if you want to get deeper, like in our DNA, that we're not meant to be alone. 
And I do think, and this is also my own case, when you're out in the divorce, there is a period of, oh boy, I'm single, I'm going out, I'm meeting women, I'm hooking up. It's like, it's fun. It's, it's nice after being at a point where you're at your lowest and, you know, is anyone going to find me desirable because this person I love now hates my guts. It's fun for a little bit to be like, now I'm a, I'm a hot commodity for a change. But eventually I think it's, it's beneficial for guys to find that right person. And yeah, it may be short. It may be, it may take a while. It may be you go through another bad relationship or a bad breakup that happened to me actually not too long after divorce. I got into a really strong relationship and then we broke up and that probably added a little more scar tissue on the me on top of me. But, uh, you know, I think that is very much a human thing. And I think as you get older, it becomes more so because you kind of lose your, as I think Tom kind of noted, you lose the, the hot commodity thing, the further along in the age market you get. And it's not just the age. I mean, what do I have to offer? You know, uh, I have I'm a single dad with two little kids. Like thinking of someone my age, and not much money. So really, uh, I'm sure that part of that is like I don't have because I always led with uh, big time and uh, I'll pay your student loans, I'll get your car, I'll do this, and uh, and that I don't have that in a game. And also. Uh, I, I don't, I'm never alone, basically. I'm not, I need to be alone more, but because of the kids and the get, you know, and so, but I think I'm in a transition where I'm figuring out that, you know, you could do this other life. It's got to be some kind of organic thing. And what I realize is there's a lot of women in my position, as you know, you know, and, and when you're in the middle of it, I remember my second divorce, uh, I told uh, Maria Schreiber, I said, uh, because Arnold had a, 40th birthday party for me and she didn't want to go she was bad and, and uh, she said she didn't want to think she wanted to be married anymore and so i told maria and she goes well you tell her this there's a line of women around the block that want to be married to you so i i, I remember thinking boy i wish i had that kind of self-esteem but as you know there are people it's not just us that have gone through this stuff or that stuff there's a whole world of people that are in our boats they just don't you don't wear a scarlet letter anymore a divorce this that and it does help to have people uh, set you up. That, let me ask you about that relationship you had after your divorce. Okay. That was like a serious relationship. Can you tell me, uh, gen, it gen, generalized, but tell me what, what happened there. Was it immediately after divorce? Was it the first person you met? What was the deal? It was about a year after I came back and it was, it was J-Date. It was one, you know, God love that website, best and worst times uh, to say the least. But and she had she had actually come back from being in a serious relationship uh, across the country as well, so we had that. And we both just really hit it off. We both had similar personalities and likes and mindsets, and it it went really well. It, things were going along great, and then something changed. I think I was going through a stressful period. She was going through a stressful period, and it just couldn't weather that storm. So, you know, after that, it was enough, and it was a pretty hard falling out at that point. So again, here's you know, part two, you're with someone who really likes you and you guys are thinking seriously and you're doing all these things. And now she goes to hating you, blocking you, et cetera, like that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, it's a trippy feeling. And it probably, it does leave a lot of scar tissues, makes it harder to get back into a relationship. And, you know, my, my wife now could tell you that, that it took a, it took me a while before I was finally willing to commit at that point. We'd known each other for years. And then, actually, if anything, she gave me the ultimatum right around COVID, by the way, which is perfect timing. Of you know, let's you need to you need to make a decision now or else. And you know, the or else part and the or else was not 
of interest, and I'm thank thank goodness so for that. So the ultimatum but. worked in favor for once, because I feel like all I ever hear is ultimatums never work. <laughs> Maybe on the exception that proves the rule. I don't know, but right. you know, for someone who's special enough and you're you yeah. know you connect with that well, sometimes that's what you need to get your ass kicked in the right direction. So yeah. share with us a couple things that you have changed this time around that are helping you, like ways that you learned from your mistakes, the first marriage. Gotcha. Uh, first thing is I don't, this may sound kind of productive, but I don't try to necessarily make her happy. I'm not saying we, I make her unhappy or anything, but I don't believe that my own actions will make her deep down happy or unhappy. I, you know, I, 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 think, I think my first relationship she was a generally unhappy person. She was one of those people who you, she could take, get a ton of praise. It never would stick. Someone would give a raised eyebrow and she'd perseverate about it for days on end. And, you know, I try to make her happy, but I know that sort of happiness is never going to come through in that. Second, it's finding things that we, like Tom said, that we want to do together and things that we want to do separately and being comfortable in our skin with that. And the other thing is just never stop dating. Uh, I think that's a key thing, which is, you know, always, you know, we do date nights even now with a, with a new baby at least once a week. You know, I shanghorn my mother or her mother to help uh, watch the kids or we'll, you know, just curl up with a movie with her. And it's, flowers sometimes randomly. Or not, yeah, or not as randomly. But uh, <laughs> my dad, who, who was married for about 50 plus years, he told me that never, uh, never underestimate the power of an unexpected gift. So that's, that's mm -hmm. definitely one thing I tell them when they're getting into it. It's like, don't deny just the simple thing of a little bit of flowers every now and then. How lucky are you that you have your mom and your mother-in-law right there? You have that the kids get fed a, a diet or fed. That's a, you're very blessed. Let me tell you, that does always happen these days. Because people no, move from country and people have falling out of their family. And I, and, my, and I say this a lot. It went for my grandmothers. I don't know where I'd be because, you know, even a baby knows, oh, this person wants to be around me. This person, you know, and that feeling of confidence, because you see your parents if you're a kid all the time and, you know, you get it. But that to have a grandmother uh, uh, come in and go, oh, no, this person genuinely, well, they, they can feel it. You know, sometimes you get great babysitters, you know, and, and uh, I always, I have the same I've had the whole kid's life, which consistency, but that thing from the grandmas, that's a big, uh, big plus. Did you get some sort of like, since you are a lawyer, was there some sort of unspoken from your lawyers? Like, we're not going to fuck you. We're not going to overcharge you. And like, were you able to get out of a divorce for a, a reasonable amount of money? Or... Friends and family discount. Friends yeah. Family. Yeah. Do you get like a, a coworker, like. <laughs> nah, nah. We come on. We we don't do that to each other. We're not that nice. Um, I think what saved it was in the end realizing there were things I was going to fight over, and there was a point in time where I'm just I'm done. The heirloom thing I said. There was just a point in time with her. It's like okay, fine. Throw it in the damn river for all I care. I'm out, and you won't get any more money or anything else from me. That's again. That's that's probably the biggest saver in all of that. And you have some people who want to really fight, that's their prerogative. But the only person who's going to be really happy about that in the end is the lawyer. But no, we, lawyers, we don't give each other friends and family and, you know, that sort of discount. That we, that doesn't work. That's not us. Well, let me just say from an outsider hearing your story, uh, your first wife sounds awful like that for you, for you. For you. Not somebody that's not, you can't make happy, even though that's, 
and then your 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 white dow sounds amazing and yeah. you got a different life and once you have a child with somebody you know there's marriage and then there's marriage with kids and you know things should still go wrong but but maybe uh part of it was your insecurity at first because when you say i know a lot about this woman it's hard to make her she really responds to negative things <laughs> a raised eyebrow she doesn't respond to all the the compliments and the stuff that's a tough relationship to be in and yeah. i wonder when you look at your own uh, part in that where you think it uh, uh, uh this is a challenge or i'm the guy i'm the person that's going to make her happy nobody else has but this guy right here because i believe in this guy what what do you yeah. think it was I think there's a lot of guys who still have the, you know, knight in shining armor thing. You know, here's a woman who said, yeah, oh, yeah, I got this. I can I can swoop in with my lance and my steed and I can take care of it all. And I also think sometimes it's rose colored glasses. You know, you think, oh, it, it's no big deal. It was just a bad day. Oh, no, it was just this or that. And, you know, you can excuse it. And it's only, you know, way after the fact, you take a good long look at it and just realize, yeah, it's, it's, it was a bad decision from the get-go. Though it's funny you mentioned that, Monica, we were talking when I first started. I was doing some show prep with my wife, and I'm trying to figure out how much am I going to say or whatnot. And her only words to me, Tom, and I think you might get a laugh out of this, is, you know, don't go out there disrespecting women, but seriously, fuck that bitch. Yeah, yeah. I get <laughs> That's what I love about women. Women can say shit. You're like, oh wow! Yeah, I, like you need to, you know, be respectful. Argue, women. But women, women the spit take was legendary on that one. I assure you. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Oh my but, gosh! Well, I mean, how was the COVID? I mean, were you guys living together before COVID, or was this the ultimatum? Did it happen before COVID, and then you moved in together, and then you lived together during that? The ultimatum was actually more, I want to be in a single relationship with you and I'm not going to tolerate it any longer. Okay. So, you know, most people dating COVID, that kind of ends yeah. it in a hurry. And it still took me a little bit of time to get into the groove and whatnot. But she she moved in basically about midway through COVID. Okay. And she became like, there was only three or four people, including my family, that I was really close to when I saw. And, you know, it yeah. made for a, a really wonderful experience that I could come home and hear someone there, you know, like Tom was alluding uh -huh. to, it made the relationship a lot better and the, the COVID period better to have someone else you can come home to and not just an empty home. Did yeah. you live with your first wife before you got married or for, for religious reasons? No, or no, no, it, it wasn't even so much religious. Actually, she was, uh, when I finished law school, she was pursuing her, her degree in uh, in divinity and whatnot. So I we dated uh, long distance for a long time. It really wasn't until uh, she got her position in Delaware and I moved out. We spent about a good year together before we got married. We were engaged, but yeah. So that was again one of those like, oh, I'm living with her. I I should have figured this detail out a little faster, but well, well. you know, you, gotta, you talk about rose colored glasses. When you love somebody, that's what you you do, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't look for everything that's that's wrong, you know, and uh, every word, every whatever. And and uh, to me, the basic thing is that if if you're cruel, you apologize and don't be cruel again. Don't be, you know, don't be unkind, but then apologize. Like, you know, and don't keep making the same apology. But I think people, big people, and you you have a child now, so this is what you got to teach the kid is, hey, everybody screws up. Everybody says something that comes across and you never know how what we say is going to come across to our partner that might be hurtful uh, uh but, but then they they say that was hurtful for 
And then you say, well, then, well, I'm sorry. You don't say, well, I, that, that you know, uh, that's on you. Because what I meant, you know, there's little things, uh, techniques that in marriages, but the rose-colored glasses thing is, and, and you really have that with your child, that you really, it's hard to, to, to uh, and it, it's not good, as they get older, you're like, okay, what is, well, they, they, my kid is perfect, they're not perfect, but uh, what's, how do I, uh, you know, uh, it, it, you know, because when you're really involved, you know, and you really love, you know, and that's how friendships are too, you, you it's not that you overlook stuff with your friends, it's that you're like, this is a polar relationship. And people people do hurt your feelings sometimes. It's just, you don't want them to hurt it all the time. You yeah. don't want that to be their goal. No, definitely not. It, that's that's a fast way to ending any kind of relationship. And, and any good one, you got to have at least a little give and pull. You're both going to make mistakes. You're both going to screw up. When you're single again, you're going to screw up quite a bit too. But it's just how do you bounce back from it? How do you make things right? Whether it's you know with past friends who you didn't get a chance to speak with any longer because your ex, your wife didn't like them, or with your current partner and you're you know you did something stupid as Tom said, it's just about how do you make it right? And you know I've stumbled plenty of times as a coach. I'm going to keep stumbling because I'm human. But uh, all you can do is keep getting better at it bit by bit, and you know that's all we can do as humans in this world. And as your last, this Mary, did you sit down? Because my theory is, you know, you just don't break the big rules. You know, you just, everything else you can work out. You get, but you get, you lay down. Here's the big rules in our relationship. And are you okay with those big rules? No other people involved. Well, honesty, whatever. Uh, were, did you have that conversation with your wife and say, I would like children. She would like children. Whatever. Did you have a full future conversation of how? expectations yeah yeah you have to have that with any significant other you need to at least figure out the big ones which are you know do you want kids yes or no or you know is this wasting your time is you know what sort of you know desires and wants and needs do you have can we meet them can we come to some sort of middle ground with it those are conversations you gotta have in any relationship and you know even with my ex-wife, we had the conversations, but, you know, we missed quite a few of the big ones. And then you started noticing stuff like that. So with my current wife, it was a much more open conversation. And a lot of it was thinking, okay, what am I missing from the last time? That's how you become wiser. You learn from your experience in that. And it's probably why we're in a much happier relationship. And now we have a daughter from that because you don't have a kid ideally with someone you don't like or don't plan on liking in the future. You know, yeah. That, have so, a lot of people no, tutoring. Do you have a lot of people reach out to you that are like on the fence? Like, I think I want a divorce. I don't know, but like, I'm really unhappy. Like, do you ever get any of those sort of inquiries or I'm sure from friends and what do you tell them? <laughs> uh, no clients yet on that one, but I have had friends who mentioned that. And I, the big thing I just tell them is that this is not a, an easy thing to go through. Divorce is not, you know, despite the fact like half of all marriages end in divorce, this is not something easy. It's going to wreck your life for at least a good year, if not more. And you need to be prepared for everything that comes with it. So, you know, I've had friends who still decided to get divorced because they just decided this was not going to be a good situation for them. A few have been remarried since then. I've had other friends who decided to work it out and it just depends on it. They're Every guy, and I imagine every woman too, has a break, has the the straw that broke the camel's back. And as long as you're not there, 
there's always a chance to fix it and determine it. But if there's just too many straws already, then the back's going to break, and it's just a question of when do you want it. Yeah, and I say I find that when friends are having issues in their relationship, I do not, even though, let's say I went to college with the guy, we're buddies, I've known him, I don't jump in and go, thank God you're dumping her. She was such a fucking bitch, man. Because they will get back together, and then you're out. So yeah. there's a period of time where you want to support your friends, whatever, before you start, you know. And then there's a period of time when it's really over, and they're going through the thing, and then you could then you can say what you really thought about the the other person. But yeah, it, it's amazing how many people all of a sudden pull that out. I had I had people telling me when I got divorced. Yeah, I never liked that woman. I don't know why you were. It's like, okay, you guys give me your opinions all the friggin' time. Now you're gonna tell me this after Wait, I went. What through? about your parents? What did they oh, say? They hated her. They, I found out later they hated her. It's like, let me get this straight. Your Jewish parents, you give me my your opinion on every little aspect of my life. That's what you chose not to tell me about. But. Uh, if, was, well, well they're like, you have to make the mistake yourself, I guess. No, I, I get where they were coming from. Like, the last thing a parent wants to do is, you know, shove themselves. Like, I don't like your, you know, that's, that's a fast way to, like, having a bad relationship. So I get it. But at the same time, it's like, you're my parents. You give me my, your opinions on my clothes. And you're going to tell me you didn't give me one on my wife? Uh, well, they set a high bar for you because they're married 50 years, right? 50. Probably. Yeah, they were, they were married about 50 years. Yeah. Both sets of my grandparents were married over 60 years. So oh, they wow. they set this high bar, but but that doesn't mean they want it to be. <laughs> my grand at their my grandparents' sixtieth uh, anniversary party, I hosted it, and my like, grandma I, she said beautiful things about their marriage, and then I gave my the mic to my grandpa. I go, what do you think, DB? How have you done it? He goes, Christ, you only get thirty years for a burger. <laughs> That's it. He, so he, he was probably joking, but you know the the life that you and I and Monica live are so different than the life that that uh, that that because then you sort of people really felt they should stay together forever and that and what we know I is if bad this is our one life this is our forever it's your forever it's monica's it's mine um i'm gonna change that and uh, it's not that we take don't take marriage seriously it's just that we take what our one life uh pretty seriously yeah and uh you know, so here we go. Absolutely. And, you know, back then, you know, it was it was a you talk about wearing a scarlet letter. You really were wearing a scarlet letter if you were divorced, male or female at that point. And even in a religious community, good luck getting the authority to get divorced and then get a chance to remarry. But, you know, there's good and bad to both sides of it. But as you noted, I mean, I someone told me a funny story, which is uh, during COVID, it's like, no matter how bad your COVID is, just remember someone's quarantining with your ex. And that, I think that about sums it up. That's very true. And I think having a COVID relationship when she moves in is pretty exciting because it's like, oh, she's willing to risk whatever with me. I can see how you get very intimate during COVID. Well, and it's a good make or break. I mean, that's a lot of undivided time together i mean just absolutely all the time so it's a good a good test for your relationship completely and thank it. god it was a, and thank god it was a two-bedroom condo so we could have at least a little oh, space here and there if needed always and, and i uh, do you have two bedrooms in your place now with we, we have a couple of bedrooms and actually i'm lucky enough when we bought our home there was a little spare room and the first words out of her mouth is okay that's your cave go put yeah, your stuff yeah. there it's so important <laughs> you know instead of finagling about that for 10 years and whining to yourself of 
just this is how it's going to be. This is what works for us. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Exactly. You I see agree. my cave. This was my cave. Now I got my son's video <laughs> games and everything. So your cave becomes, but whatever it is. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing. Monica, Thank you. you. Details, how people can reach out to this gentleman. Yes, give us all your socials, your websites, anything to let people connect. Uh, Instagram and X, it's From Ashes Coaching. I'm on LinkedIn. And if anyone wants to just email me, it's from Ashes Coaching LLC at gmail.com. You'd be surprised. It was like, of course, I got to have the legal one with the LLC at the end of it. But uh, it's from Ashes Coaching LLC at gmail.com. And happy to chat with anyone who's going through this. And you do Zooms and stuff too, right? Or do oh, they yeah. I, Zoom, okay. FaceTime, you know, Teams, Great. whatever you want. I'll make happy to make it work across the country. Wow. Love it. Well, I hope I know people will reach out and I hope our listeners will recommend you to friends and family members going through it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this opportunity, thank Monica, you. Tom. Real honor and a privilege to be here. So thank, thank you. you. Have a good one. Thank you. Take care. Yay. Bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.